0: Three years ago, we faced one of the hardest times of our life. It was a time where the Lord spoke to us to leave the comforts of our home, our job, our finances, our community, and begin to transition to a place that we had never been before. It really was a major life transition. And every life transition begins with an ending but finishes with a new beginning. Transitions are challenging because they force us to let go of the familiar and face a future that many times is unknown, causing us to feel lost and vulnerable.
1: And I remember during this time, we were looking for resources. We were looking for other people, other things that we could relate to because we had so many feelings and emotions arise and we really couldn't find much. And so during this process, the Lord took us through. We began to get keys and strategies and how to process transition well.
0: And so we've put together this online workshop called Navigating a Season of Transition. In this live workshop, you will learn the three-step process of every transition, how to come up with strategies for embracing a new season, the difference between a change and a transition, how do you navigate relationships during a season transition, and how to recognize the new season you're stepping into, and so much more.
1: So you may be asking, is this workshop for me? Well, here's some questions that you can ask yourself to find out if it is for you. Are you feeling a sense of chaos and don't know why? Are you having dreams at night about life transitions? Have you been receiving prophetic words over and over from people regarding transition? Are you frustrated where you're currently at in life? Have you lost passion for the things that you've always been passionate about? And things that used to come easy to
0: you are now becoming hard? Join us for this online workshop with one of the premier prophetic voices, Doug Addison, who is a seasoned prophet in times and seasons and navigating transition. Join us May 30th, 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for this online workshop. If you'd like to find out more, check the show notes or go to mattanddesgonzalez.com. See you there. The Matt and Des Experience.
2: for joining us for season two. Join the conversation with Matt, Dez, and friends as they share how to transform culture through family.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's episode, we have a good friend of ours, Heather Torres with Think Media. She's an entrepreneur and she has so much in store to release today. Heather, welcome to the show today.
2: Oh my gosh, this is such a privilege. I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. I know it's going to go so many directions and I cannot wait to just bring
1: massive value to this experience. So I'm excited. Come on, yeah. Heather, we're so excited to have you on today. You know, we first met, what was that last year sometime? We yeah. met originally at a conference here in Vacaville at our home church at a hundred X conference actually. And we didn't know you. And, you know, I heard you a little bit and we, we heard Sean, you know, you can talk more about that, but you know, Cassidy, our podcast producer came up to me one day when we were at the conference and she's like, you've got to connect with Heather Torres. And I was like, awesome. Um, who's Heather? You know, I'm like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) So she's like, okay, I'll make the meeting happen. You guys have to connect. So here we are, we're just, you know, doing our thing in the green room and she connects us. And I know you remember this. We sat down Matt and I with you and it was like, we knew you our whole life. It was like, no, we didn't just meet you. It was like, our hearts just instantly connected with yours. You're amazing. I was like, yeah. yes, yes, yes.
0: So many yeah. great things so happen in the good. green room. Yes. It was an amazing green room encounter.
1: So true. But so for the listener, Heather, who doesn't mm. know who you are, who have m- maybe never heard of you, can you mm-hmm. just tell the listener a little bit about yourself, some of your passions, what you do, all that good stuff? Yes, definitely.
2: Man, that experience was life-changing, by the way. Like you said, we I, I felt like we were just connected instantly. And, Mm -hmm. um, man, those are just God encounters. And I just, I just love when that happens. But yeah, so, um, most people actually don't know me because I've played behind the scenes for about a decade. That was where my home was. I loved being behind the scenes and I've always been an entrepreneur. And throughout my journey, um, I actually dropped out of college because I was going mm-hmm. to school for marketing and I was learning from these professors about marketing. And this is the age of the internet, starting of social media, all of those things. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at this, you know, this teacher and they're telling me something. And I'm thinking, this is not actually what is happening in the world right now. This is when social media connectivity really started to happen. And so I dropped out, I dropped out of college, which was a huge deal for my family And I took the rest of my tuition money and I invested in online educators. So people that were doing what I thought was what I wanted to do. I was like, people are making money on the internet. That was a weird concept 10 years ago. Let's date myself a little more than 10 years. (laughs) That was a weird concept that you could literally make money from the internet. But I knew that that is actually what I was supposed to be doing. And I didn't know what that looked like. How was I going to flesh that out? And so I invested the rest of my tuition money into online education. And then I just took action. I started working for free for small businesses saying, "Hey, can wow. I help you set up a Facebook page?" This was in the days when no one had Facebook pages yet. It was just a new thing. We had MySpace and that was like the cool place where we played. <laughs> you guys remember MySpace? Oh, now we my our <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: So we had MySpace, you had your friends. Come on listeners, you remember the MySpace you days. Know? And uh, but Facebook actually started to be the way that you could connect with your customers on a more yeah. intimate level and people didn't know how to do it and I I had learned the skill of how to sell and how to um, build. Those were kind of the two things that I learned, and so I just started implementing for free. And then it rolled into having an agency. It rolled into doing a lot of entrepreneurial things. I was a fitness coach. I was. Um, I helped in in um, in small businesses. I worked for uh, Washington State Parks. I mean, I was like all over the place. But throughout the thread of my career has always been marketing and modern marketing and understanding how do we use these tools? Like we're doing here, podcasting, YouTube, um, online digital advertising. How do I reach the customer and how do I, how do I help them? How do I serve them? And I really come at this with a servant heart. And so for me, understanding how to do that was so impactful. And so, um, five years ago I I had my own agency. I was trained by Facebook on how to do online advertising So I was working um, with small businesses to be creating their ads. And I knew that video was going to be the next thing. I Mm -hmm. saw it on the horizon. I was like, I need to learn how to do that. And so my husband and I, through God's grace, we moved our whole family on kind of a whim to Las Vegas. I, yes, we moved to Las Vegas. People do that. It's weird, but we do. (laughs) And, uh, which was so crazy. But when I did that, I was like, I need to figure out video. And so I pulled up YouTube, and I typed in like how to do YouTube, basically, that was my search term. And a guy named Sean Cannell popped up. And I watched his video. And I was like, he knows how to do YouTube. And then, you know, um, like any normal person who understands the internet, I started to just investigate him, right? I started to be like, not creeper status, but you know, you start looking up people like who is this person? What do they do? And so I saw that he, um, he had a servant heart as well. He, he used to be a a campus pastor and he was doing video and lo and behold, he lived right down the street from me. And so I (laughs) sent him a tweet and I said, Hey, I know how to do these things. I see that you're doing YouTube and it looks like you're doing it full time. I have these set of skills. I think we should meet. I think that there's there's some things I can help you with. and And I'd love to intern for you. I said that. I was already getting paid by clients, but I said, I'd love to intern for you so that I can figure out how to do this. And so through that process, we met, we were like, Oh my goodness, we could build a business. And that's what we did. We took action. We built think media, which is the company that I work for today. And we, we started at 16,000 subscribers. Sean was making a full-time income that, um, sustained him and his wife. At that point, he had replaced his, his, uh, his pastor income basically. And, um, and through that, we've now built Think Media to over a million subscribers. Uh, we're a multi seven figure company. We've helped thousands of entrepreneurs go full time and learn how to use these tools. And so that's been that my like career journey, but through that, man, I'm just, I'm just going off. Through that, um, we had babies and I was like, yeah. I do not yeah. want to go and work somewhere. I want to be with my children. And so through that, I started to really dive into how children learn, what my options were for education. And so we made the decision when we moved to Las Vegas to um, also homeschool our children, which was a huge step for me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so now, um, I, I create resources for new parents, um, who want to step into the homeschool space. I have my own homeschool channel and, um, Mm -hmm. I consult new parents who are interested in homeschooling and I just give back to that community because there's so many options and, um, Yeah. So we kind of say, you know, we're living through a weird time right now, but, uh, we, we've always kind of been, um, a weird family because we're walking in what God has for us. And so for us, that looks like taking the mountain of education and taking the mountain of business and really being strong in our conviction for what we think, um, God has for our lives. So that's my story in a, I don't know, three minute nutshell of who I am and how we (laughs) met and all the things. So,
0: (laughs) so good. So a couple things. First of all, we have to give just credit where credit is due. Think Media has definitely influenced us. Matter of fact, I'm looking right now in the room, some of the mics, the Sony A64 camera that we have on right now. I mean, the lighting, like it's all from... Watching the YouTube yes. channel. Mm-hmm. And so we have definitely been impacted by y'all's right. influence. Um, one of the things I want to highlight, you said something that I think is so profound. Whenever I get around an influencer, I love to ask questions because mm-hmm. what I am really excited about, some of the things that you were sharing, is your thought process, your mindsets, because mm-hmm. there's so many people out there right now who want to start something, give birth to a dream, step into a destiny, mm-hmm. a purpose, but many times they never do that. What are a couple keys that helped you in your process of going after I know you shared a lot, but specifically in the area of your thinking, mm-hmm. which I, I think is just profound because the way that you kind of just communicated right now, some of the things, how you went after them, man, that is just amazing. I felt like there's some keys there that we can pull on.
2: Yeah. I think one of the big mindsets that I've had that maybe separates me a little bit is that, um, failure isn't scary for me, Mm. uh, stepping out and trying things is invigorating and I don't actually care if I fail because to me, it's not a failure. It's a lesson to move forward to the next thing. And so I think when there's people that want to step out and do something, there's actually internal battles that they're struggling with. And one of those big things is the failure piece is the fear of failure, And so I really, for me, I never really felt like I was scared of anyone's approval. And that's where people struggle with. So when I'm coaching clients and I know that um, they have a hard time, one of the things is I can't pick my thing. I'm so multi-passionate. I just don't know what my thing is. And to me, my red flags go off and I think, oh, no, no, it's not. You can't pick your thing. You've got lots of things. We are gifted and talented in many ways, but you're afraid that if you step out on one thing and it fails that you're a failure and I don't see you like that. So for me, I see people as when you step out, you gotta start messy. It's never going to be perfect. Perfect is a lie. And so you have to just start taking those steps, right? It's one step at a time and your path won't be straight. You'll step one way and you'll go, I like doing that, but oh, I did not like working with clients. Let's switch that and let's go more independent. Like you start to see it, but if you're just sitting there and all you're doing is thinking, man, the most impactful place in the world is the graveyard because that's where those dreams died. So we need to be people that step up and go, I don't care if I fail. It's it's fine if I do because I will just move into the next thing. So I think for me, a mindset was the fear of failure. And I think the second thing that was so powerful is I put mentors intentionally around myself. These mentors, here's the thing. They have no clue who Heather Torres is. They have mm-hmm. no clue who Heather Torres is, but I hung on all of their words. I put leaders in my life that I were like in marriage. I want to be like that couple. So I'm. Gonna, what are they doing? What, are, what message are they putting out? What books have they written? What blogs are they writing? What sermons have they taught? I want to know that. So that's how I knew how I wanted my marriage to be for business. I thought who's the leaders that's why I created my own curriculum by just seeking out people who were podcasting creating online businesses look, um selling online you know without knowing who their customers were so I intentionally put mentors around me who were feeding me the things I needed to hear because let me tell you if you let culture feed you that is a disaster. But if you put the right people around, like you guys, having you guys around me inspires me to want to start a podcast, you're doing it. And right. So for me, it's like that it's putting people around me. So I think some of the mindset shifts are um, the feel of fear of failure, putting mentors around you. And the third for me was that I knew my kids were going to be watching what I was doing. And so if I'm telling my kids, You can be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. There's no limit or cap to who you are. And then I turn around and look at myself in the mirror and I go, you're not good enough. Who are you to be doing that? Why should you be the person that talks about that? Well, then that is a total hypocrisy in my parenting. And so I, I step out in faith because I expect them to step out in faith. And the best teachers they have in their lives are us, their parents, Hope that that was some fire.
0: (laughs) You know what I love you just said? That's a game changer for the listener. Just grab a hold of this right now. Perfection is a lie. Mm -hmm. Perfection is actually keeps us from excellence because perfection Mm -hmm. and excellence are two different things. But in order to come into excellence. You have to go on a discovery. And that's what mm-hmm. I love. Discover. You went after something. You you weren't afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. And you went on this journey of discovery to be able to kind of just begin to see what is working, what's not working. And you weren't afraid of that. And I love that. I literally
1: mm-hmm. am going to type that out and put it on my wall. I'm not even there kidding. You go. <laughs> I'm t-shirt, even kidding. T-shirt, coffee
0: mug. Here we go. Yes. I'll give you credit. Give you credit.
1: <laughs> Heather, I want to go back just for a moment to the piece about educating your kids and the journey that God led you on to kind of do things a little more unconventional, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that I've heard some of your story in that, but would you share more about how that journey began and kind of your approach when it comes to education with your children? definitely yeah i would first like to say i
2: never in my life would have expected that i would be a homeschool mom like that is far from who i ever expected yeah. me to be and so to be sitting here and doing this and to be teaching and supporting other people is like man that was all god because there's yeah. no way um i was so career driven and um i will totally admit and i do this humbly i um i knew that if i didn't have kids when i was young I probably wouldn't have kids because mm. I was so self-absorbed in what I wanted my success to be that I felt like children got in the way of that. So that's my mm. honesty nugget for you. Yeah. Um, and so through that, uh, when when we did have kids, I was like, okay, great. So um, I'm going to have a nanny and then I'm going to put them in preschool. And then I'm going to make sure they go to like You're like, does that make sense? I mean, parents, like, let's be real here. Like, Hmm. not everything about, I was never the mom that was like, I cannot wait to be a mom. Like, I wasn't that mom. I was like, Okay, I'm going to have kids and I'm going to um I will uh do all the things I know I'm supposed to do and then they will be good humans. That's what I think motherhood is, right? Come that on. is <laughs> that is real. So um so my journey from that though was such an exploration as I was working through learning how people think because I'm a marketer, that's a big part of what I do. I learn how people think and people react. All of a sudden God just started to reveal to me that like, you know, you're your kids think differently than what has because I'm already unconventional in what I do in business that he was just revealing to me like, no, like your kids are uh, such a gift. And so if you're not seeing that right in front of you, then how can I bless you with other things? And so like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden the shift started to happen. I started to learn about how children learn, how we as humans learn, how Mm -hmm. I learn. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, wow, there's these alternate ways of education. Well, then then I looked at homeschool and I was like, okay, maybe I could do that as long as I have the schedule and the curriculum and the right books and the right things and my kids are ahead. And like, I started to then go down this road of perfection in homeschool, bad idea. So then mm-hmm. God knocked me down a couple more notches and said, no, 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 that's not what I have planned for you. What I want you to do is I want you to let your kids be kids. okay. Wow kids be kids. What does that mean? And so that then led me down even more journeys of understanding why we learn the certain things we do, how God has already given us gifts that our job as parents is to steward our kids. They're not our kids. They are God's children. And we have been put in the place to steward them into their gifts and talents. And so what ends up happening is if we've separated ourselves from the education part of being a parent, we then have children who become 30 year olds who are like a lot of my friends that are like, I don't know what I wanna do with my life because I don't even know what I'm talented at because no one's ever said, what are you talented at? Let's dive into that, let's go deeper. And so now we are what's considered radical homeschoolers. We are like real cray. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't do grades, we don't do um, subjects. We literally let our children learn what they're interested in and we are there to facilitate and steward them through that, and a big part of that is them understanding God's word. It's letting them understand that they have their own faith and not our faith. And then beyond that, what are the gifts and talents that God has given them? He's already revealed them to our children, and it's our job to just pull them out little by little as they grow.
0: So Come good. on, you know one of the things that you just said right now that is is just so valuable. You know, I've just been having this conversation with Des and just kind of just process some things, and right now. You know, there's such an emphasis in our culture. And I wouldn't just say it's just a now thing. It's been there for, you know, quite some time of how we need to invest in Mm ourselves. And I'm not opposed to that because we do that. You you talked about doing that. We need to invest in ourselves. But at the same time, sometimes we don't think, we don't actually see our investment become an inheritance and legacy because we fail to invest in the next generation.
2: Amen. And there's
0: so much of that mindset that is just a me mindset that we've failed to realize that God, when he thought of us, he didn't just think about this. He thinks in generations. He built multi-generation. That's mm-hmm. why he was a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. And so what's so interesting is to see just even some of your process in your mind that shifted. I know you got real and just said, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. I was self-focused, mm-hmm. but then something happened what where, where did that happen? What was that change? What influenced that for you to mm-hmm. begin to think multi-generational and begin to build a legacy? Because you're doing both and it's possible for a parent to do both. You yeah. can be an entrepreneur. You can go after things and not forfeit your legacy or your children. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, for me, I think my biggest shift was uh, my, my dependence on what the system says is true. And what the system says is true is not what God says is true. Oh, and man. so I know, I know it's crazy, but when we think about what is being educated to our children, it is not truth and, um, and purity. And it is not the fruits of the spirit. It is not understanding how to, um, how to analyze what God is telling us. What's being taught to them is history, which is great. History repeats itself. Awesome. Um, what's being taught to them is science, not from a biblical view. What's being taught to them is, is, um, math in unequated things that are unrelatable to children. And so when we think about the subjects that that our school system has said, um, is the right way. When we look at what God says, he, he is not that God. He is the God that teaches us through his words. He is the God that teaches us through our hands. Like he put Adam and Eve to work and like, we, we don't even let kids work. And I'm like, no, you will learn how to do basic things. You know, one of the things God says too, is like things like meditate on my word. When's the last time that children have stopped moving and we're just bored and what do they do when they're bored they start thinking they start they, like they start to be curious. So curious and when you can when you can start to steer that curiosity into what god is saying for their lives that is where you're you're going to start seeing impact and so there's a lot of things for me like it, it was it was stepping out of the fear that we uh something has been given to us this system that says um you're not smart enough to teach your children. You're not good enough to teach your children. Mm -hmm. Your children are going to lack because of who you are. And that's not what God says. God says that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. God says that you, uh, you have my righteousness. God said, like he, he, he is saying something completely different to us parents than what the system is saying. And so for me, I want my kids to see me work. I think it's important Mm -hmm. that our children see what work is. If our children are in a school system for 13 years and all they're doing is sitting at desks, listening to an authority, listening to a bell, understanding that, then they're not thinking for themselves. They're not seeing work happen in the world. And so our kids go to the grocery store with us. Our kids have expert um, teachers that are helping them. Our kids are in the community serving people like really serving people, not like, Oh, my mom, I'm in trouble. So I have to go and serve people. It's like, no, they have a heart for service. And Uh so we're teaching them through that. And so for me, it was really just breaking through what has been given to me. So when I think about, are my children behind or are my children ahead onto whose standards God Mm -hmm. has created us each individually as our own people. And so that means that, we are not going, I'm not going to be just like you. And so to put me in a box, the same box as you is, is hurtful to who I am. So I hope that helps. I hope that's
1: coming through. (laughs) Oh yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Wow. That was fire.
1: Yeah. (laughs) My word. And okay. So I got a couple questions for you. I'm a mom, right? Uh uh I'm an entrepreneur as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you. I got my mind goes to some practical stuff. So I got two questions for you. Some practical stuff. Number one, how does having your children at home with you impact your work productivity? That's Mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. And the second thing would be for those who are curious now because they're hearing you and they're like, wow, she's got some really good points. Where did you start in searching out that curriculum for each child and and teaching them according to their calling, their gifting? Did you just start researching on the Internet? Where did, where did you see, search out yes. those resources?
2: Yes. Okay. So let's do number one. So how do you do it? Like, how do you have kids at home with you and work and do all the things? Mm -hmm. Um, one, um, planning is as I I have two things planning and grace it's, it's planning and grace. So here's (laughs) what it looks like. Our lives are not traditional. We don't work Monday through Friday, nine to five. It's, it's non-traditional. I, I work six days, I rest on one, like, and and even my resting is like doing things. Does that make sense? So like, it's not, you have to break out of the paradigm of even what work is. And, and also what is quality work? There's a difference. Like I do a lot of outsourcing. I don't clean my house. Um, and 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 let me say that I don't I, I don't make when we started doing this here. I'm trying to reframe this because sometimes I hear that. I would hear that when I was dirt poor, totally in debt, working hard, and be like, wow, you have a house cleaner. And here's what I want to say I sacrificed so that I could hire and buy my time back. So I don't take I don't take that time when I have outsourced certain things. I don't answer my own email. I don't look at my own text messages. I do unconventional things because the time that I'm going to be spending on my work needs to be work that only I can do. And so I've sacrificed to be able to make sure that I've put people in my team, on my team, on my life team is basically how I look at it, that are there to support me. This looks like um, my kids when they're homeschooling um, they're not home all the time. I think that's a huge mis- misconception, especially with how everyone right now is forced to homeschool. You know, whether you're listening to this now or two years from now, we're recording this during this pandemic where everyone right is quote unquote homeschooling. They're not, they're crisis schooling. This is not what homeschooling looks like. Okay. We are all at a high <laughs> level that. of right this is not homeschooling homeschooling is being involved in your community homeschooling is being able to go to people's houses homeschooling is so much more than being at home and so how this looks for me is um is being well planned in understanding when are my work hours and not being the person that's responsible for entertaining my children i think that's a, another piece that parents want to do all the time they want to be the entertainers for their children and i say go ride your bike, go explore, go read a book. Like you need to understand how to be self-sufficient at a certain level so that I can get my stuff done. And of course that's different for every age. So my eight year old can be self-sufficient for about 25 minutes. Right. Whereas my 12 year old can spend four hours doing an art class online. And so what I, how my husband and I both balance our time is dependent upon what, um, what, level of uh, work we have to do that day, because not every day is the same type of work. Come on, we like to just fill our days with busyness when we don't have to. Um, mm-hmm. And and then it's planning. My kids know my calendar. It's important that I'm communicating to them and to my husband what is actually happening. And so, so what does that all look like in homeschool? It looks like they know when they're learning when it's structured learning times, they know when that's supposed to happen. And then beyond that, have at it, do what you want to do within the context of what we've set up. So um, planning's important. And then grace, life happens, attitudes happen, discipline happens, grandma needs this, we got to go into a doctor's appointment today. And so (laughs) it's understanding that as entrepreneurs, if you're like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm going to work from nine to one every single day and I'm going to have Saturday and Sunday off, that is not what you actually signed up for. Right. That is a job you signed up to make an impact and that has no limit of time. And so you need to be working at 5am from five to seven and then be with your kids for three hours and then work in the evening on, because that's what, that's what you've been called to do. Yep. And so if you're trying to frame entrepreneurship and a job that's not the same. Um, so, so that's my biggest pieces of that. So That's that part. Okay. How am I doing? Am I doing okay on, 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 this this is so good. So much meat here.
1: People can walk away with, I love it.
2: Okay. So then how do you get started? Well, there is a great website called Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest is amazing. And so here's what I tell parents, two things. If you have a young child that has never been to school, it's going to look different for you than if you've had children that have been educated in a school system let's go with young children. If you have a young child, there's a book I recommend. It's called The Three R's. Um, It's called The Three R's. Read that book because it really talks about what is important from ages birth to age 10. It really talks about what should they be learning. Um, And then around that, it's, you don't actually, this is crazy. You don't actually need a curriculum We've been told that we need curriculum because that is how we can stay structured and organized. But actually, once you read this book, The Three R's, you'll start to see that life is curriculum. L- life is learning. There's so much, like you're, when your kids are alongside you in the journey, there's so much they can do. So I'd start with that book. And it's going to look different because they've never been educated in a school system. Now, if they have been educated in a school system, you're going to need to go through a process of called deschooling. D e schooling. Deschooling. Meaning, your children have been told when, where, how, and what they can do um, on a very regular basis. And so, wow. when they come home, school is not the same as home. And so they're not going to, you are a different type of authority. God has placed you as a different type of authority in their life than they have teachers. It's a totally different dynamic also because they they were in a group setting and now they're in their home setting. And right. so trying to replicate school at home is a cause of disaster. I, I've done it, I can tell you, do not do it. I've talked to other homeschool moms who do the same exact thing. It is just a mistake we all make. So once you get through that mistake, know it's coming. Once you get through that mistake, then you just need to sit back and you need to start asking your children questions. What do you like? What are you interested in? What are you curious about? What do you, what what do you, what is um, What's on your mind today? What are you thankful for? You just start asking them questions and then you'll start to see what like my son, He's obsessed with dogs right now. So Mm -hmm. everything we're learning, I went on Pinterest and I was like, activities around dogs or documentaries on dogs or um, book reports on dogs. I just type that into the internet and there's magical moms who have already created everything for you. (laughs) (laughs) So so you just either print that out or you uh, let them watch the documentary. And here's the thing, parents, you already know what to do. You already know what to do. You are already an entrepreneur or you're already in business or you're already working with someone. You are smart enough to handle a child. You've just been told you're not, but you are. And so if you just start to let go and let there be messes and let there be fun and let there be joy, you're going to start to see that your kids, my kids will come in and they're like, Hey mom, I really would like to, um, write an essay. I'm like, I never in my life went to my parents and said, I would like to write an essay, but because it's fun and because it's been presented to them as a fun way of learning, they want to do it. My son came in. He was like, Hey, can I watch a documentary on dogs and then teach you about what I learned? Yes, you can. It's like the learn, like he's, God's already instilled it in us to be curious. And it's just been suppressed for so long that we lose curiosity, but our children already have it. And if you just let them kind of, this sounds crazy, let them just kind of be themselves. You're already going to see that they just start to teach themselves. It's amazing. So, um, so that's where I'd start. I probably doesn't, probably doesn't help that it sounds really radical, but it's so, what works and you're going to mess up and you're going to buy all the books and you're going to buy all the curriculum because we all do when we start homeschooling, because we still need the security and then you're just going to let it go. And you're going to see the joy of it happening.
0: (laughs) Come on. I love this. I love it. Love it. It's so interesting because like I'm hearing you and you just said the word, you know, curiosity is such a big concept in our faith Mm -hmm. and in, you know, just as a believer in Christ. I mean, the Mm -hmm. whole thing that Christ even the concept of love, you know, you can't have the top priority of heaven. We like to say is not love. It's freedom because mm-hmm. without freedom loves impossible. Mm. And so with that aspect, you know, the way we see even in scripture, you know, there is, it's not wrong to be curious. It's just so many times that has to be mentored and trained. Mm-hmm. And I love what you're saying. Cause you're just given so much permission. Now I have, a, I have a question for you, Heather. Yeah. Um, What encouragement, especially right now, as we talk, whether the listener, this is going to be fresh now, or maybe two years from now, it might be a little different, but what encouragement can you give the parent because of quarantine that have had to homeschool during this time and Mm -hmm. are having a really hard time doing it?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my heart goes out. I have so much sympathy, empathy for parents right now because homeschooling was a choice for me. I prayed about it. I prepared myself for it. Mm-hmm. I talked to experts about it. I read the books about it. I spent two years with that wishy-washy "should we do it? Should we not do it?" phase. And parents, right now, we're literally not only fearful of losing their jobs, fearful of losing their homes, right. and then on top of that, you now have to educate your children. What? So, like, I so my my um, I just want to say to parents. Do the best you can with what you have right now. That's all that's required. And and at this moment, we are such at a heightened state of fear that mm-hmm. the best education that we can give our children right now is hope, is love. Is peace, is God's word. The way we can just surround our children and make our homes an atmosphere of joy in this season is the best education. And so if you feel like I am failing at this, my kids are falling behind, whatever this looks like, let me tell you, God's got you. He already knew this was going to happen, He's already knowing what's going to happen. And so if we use this season and time right now, to actually just get closer as a family, to actually bond with our oh children goodness. on the things that we haven't had the time to do. That's what this time is for. And so if you feel like, man, my kids aren't getting the assignments in, I'm not doing this. The the teachers are at home with their kids too. They're stressed also. So it's a whole, the system of schooling was not designed to function in this way. And so you, you have been forced into a situation that it was not designed to do. It was not, we were not designed to have school at home. That is not at all what schooling is. You are, it was designed to be a system that was allowed to to move children through the process. And it was designed to be away from the home, not in the home. And so now we need to reevaluate what does this actually look like? What is education? How am I going to show up for my kids today? And that could just look like you being in your PJs and watching a movie. That that literally that could be it. It could be you going on a nature walk and playing hide and seek. It could you know like those things to your children are going to be how they remember this weird thing that we're in. Would you rather them remember it in tears and frustration and and hell? Or would you rather them remember it as the coolest, longest summer that they had that one year, you know? So it's really on our approach and our the way we come at it. So,
0: true. so good. You know, one other question I would ask with that, you know, the statistics right now are saying, uh, I had a great friend of mine who actually uh, was just sharing this with me because his friend is a counselor. Mm-hmm. And the statistics right now for calls that are coming in for child abuse specifically parents mm-hmm. having so much rage because they can't they haven't learned how to connect with their child and now they're home and so it's 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 pushing buttons it's causing things to come to the surface what would you uh what practical advice would you give to the parent who may is dealing with that where where they at a the moment just feel so uh you know just so panicked not knowing what to do causes emotions causes stirring mm-hmm. uh, what are some tips that you do in those moments? to help reconnect with your kid or or even just kind of be able to settle some of those fears mm-hmm. and yeah, some ax- of that, you know, access the peace emotion. that we already yeah.
1: have, at, you mm-hmm. know.
2: At yeah, I mean, I will be honest. I had my freakout moment about two weeks ago where I was like, is this the end? Is this like, is this all over? You know, I had that freak out moment. <laughs> and I think a lot of it, Um. so one thing is, um, you know, anger is always like a second emotion. There's always emotion under anger. Um. And so, uh, man, so you said two things that really, really caught me so the first it really is that um how do you how do you handle this one us being able to practice forgiveness is huge meaning if you rage out on your kids like i have done if you end up yelling but you come back to them and you say you know what mommy was so wrong and i would love to just ask for your forgiveness there is no better way to be the hands and feet of jesus To our children than us actually practicing how to be humble and ask for forgiveness, and so so I think a biggest one of the biggest ways is like one: check your emotions. Do you need to say, you know, Mom needs a timeout. I just need a timeout. Go be on your iPad. I need a timeout. Go ride your bike. Like whatever that looks like, and maybe you need to get in God's word. Maybe you Mm -hmm. need to be in that prayer closet and yell at God and say what is happening and really get that revelation for yourself first. But if you do have those moments where you are freaking out, then you need to go and do what you ask your kids to do. You need to say, you're sorry. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to tell them that the way I just acted was not right. And I want to apologize. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is, man, there is going to be a crisis for um, children at the end of this, because these children are not being looked at. And so I would say, if you're within your community, you need to have, you need to be asking God to reveal those things to you. Because if you know that your neighbor has, you've not seen their children and you know that that is not a good living situation, bring them cookies or just do something where you can still have eyeballs on these children. Because the amount my, one of my, um, really good friends, works in our foster care system. She said they've declined by three-fourths the amount of calls that are coming in. That is dangerous. And so as as we move out of what this looks like, there's going to be a crisis on the other side. And so I just, right now, I'm just praying that Jesus is protecting these children and that he is with these children and that he's with these parents, but that we, as the observers in our community,
1: are still keeping our vigilance to make sure that children are being protected.
0: Wow. This is so good.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. There's just been so much you've released today. And I just can't, I can't even wait to go back have, and listen have, to it again.
0: I have so I'm many like, more questions. I know.
1: We'll I'm do like, a part two. <laughs> yeah, we'll whoa, do it. Whoa, two. whoa. I'm like, my <laughs> <pff>, mom. <mind blown. laughs>
0: we about to homeschool now, huh?
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got me thinking. I'll tell you why. Yeah, right? Come that. on, come on. I'm here to yeah. answer any questions because I know right when that comes up, it's like, all the fears insecurities all the questions all the like how are we going to do this comes up but let me tell you if that's what's right for your family god will find a way if he's already mm-hmm. calling your family to that and mm-hmm. you know it and you're resisting it that's something you need to check because mm-hmm. that is a big deal because there is there's mm-hmm. massive blessing on the other side of saying yes to what god is calling you to do and it seems mm-hmm. scary and it seems fearful and it seems all the things but when you say yes he then can release the blessing and we're holding back on the blessing because we're not yet ready to release to God actually doing the work for us rather than us being in control of doing
1: that work. Yes. so So good. So Heather, is there any last words you would like to leave the listener today?
2: Oh man, I would just say, um, that, man, what, what great hosts you have. Amazing that they're even bringing people together. And I would just say that in this time that we're in right now, um, don't neglect community. If it means getting on a zoom call with someone, if it means, you know, um, the other, the other day I did a, a a video thing with my sister, like don't neglect community. And, uh, and, and actually just in life in general, that's a big that's a big piece, I think, of what our society is is just having a really hard time with is that just because we're, we are social on social media doesn't actually mean that we have social lives. And so I would just recommend that you connect yourself to a community, whether it's the body of Christ, whether it's with your neighbors, it doesn't matter. But you being connected is not only going to bless you, it's going to bless the people that you're connected to. That's wow, so that true.
0: is so good. So Heather, where can people follow you, be able to glean from you and check out some of the resources that you have available?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, um, think media, uh, if you want to be like these amazing hosts and start your own podcast or, or YouTube channel, think media is where you'll see me on the regular. Um, I also have a podcast called the think marketing podcast where, um, uh, myself and Sean Cannell and over our 30 years of experience in online marketing, we share the deep dive into that. And then I do my, I guess you could say day in the life blogging over on, um, Instagram. So you can find me at miss Heather Torres. Um, I'm a real human. So if you DM me, I will DM you back because I want to help you. Um, and so, uh, that's where you can find kind of like what does homeschooling look like? Or how is she an entrepreneur and homeschooling? And like, how do they keep their marriage together while their kids are at home with them 24 seven, all Ooh, those things all happened. Yeah, they all happen um, over on Instagram. So that's where you can find me. And if you have questions, like I said, I am here um, as uh, to serve you. So DM me or send me a comment or whatever it looks like for you. And I will be there to serve you.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Heather. We so enjoyed this. Hey guys, make sure to check out the show notes to be able to see how to follow our guests and gleam with Heather. Also remember family is where life begins. Destiny is found. Identity is enhanced and love never ends. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach. Thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed.